Welcome to Small Business Celebration. We're continuing our series on small business owners that are getting the move on. And our guest this week, well, our guest family grows produce as fresh as a morning star. This is Small Business Celebration. Welcome, where we chat with real business owners who have real success and learn from them about what works, what doesn't, and who want you to know that there's a light at the end of the tunnel and it's not a train. Join us where you can learn something that you can use today to grow a strong and profitable business. Welcome to Small Business Celebration and our guest this week is Brett Sill with the Sill Properties. Welcome to Small Business Celebration. Hey, thank you for having me. For visioneers who don't know who you are, who are you and what is it that you do? Yeah, I'm Brett Sill. I'm a fourth generation farmer for Sill Properties. We farm out in the Shafter area and we grow almonds and walnuts and corn, wheat, alfalfa. We do some carrots and garlics as well. Now, the reason we're standing out here on a beautiful spring morning here in Bakersfield is because the trees in the, here in the orchard are blooming. And I have to confess, Brett knows what he's talking about because when we went through and we were scheduling this conversation, it was, there was not a flower on the tree, it was cold, it was miserable. And he said, you know what? And he picked, and he literally picked the day. And then three, four days ago, the rain came and then all of a sudden everything just exploded <laughs> with, yeah. with plumage, as it were. This is beautiful. And, and if you're listening to this on the podcast, if you hear a tractor going by or a helicopter or bees or Bo the dog <laughs> uh, come through, that's because we are literally out here in the orchard where yeah. all this is being grown. Yes. Now, you mentioned that you're fourth generation uh, uh, sill here in Kern County. What brought the sill family to Kern County to, to get into agriculture? Well, yeah, it was actually my great-great-grandfather who was a scout for uh, Lewis and Clark. Oh, uh, really? Back at the turn of the century, and he settled down in Santa Clarita, and then his son, Dan Sill, moved to Kern County in the late 1800s, and in 1898, we annexed our first 160 acres that's out um, on Cherry and Lairdo and, and Shafter, and we still farm that ground here today. One of the things that's great about Kern County, and the Sill family does this, is we're talking economies of scale here. Uh, how many acres or how many sections of land does the Sill family have? We farm around 4,000 acres, and uh, about 2,000 acres there's uh, almonds, and then the rest is in uh, row crops with uh, corn, wheat, and alfalfa, and garlic, and carrots. To give perspective, our house sits on a half an acre. <laughs> Quite a bit of land to cover. <laughs> That's one of the reasons we're also here talking with Brett Sill is because when it comes to economies of scale, sometimes people think, well, that's not a small business. Yeah. Because how many owners are in the, are in the, are own the business? Oh, wow. Well, we have quite a few shareholders. Um, there's uh, my cousin, and I have two cousins and my dad that are still uh, part of the business that run the business today. And then we have, you know, a couple generations that are all shareholders uh, from cousins and uncles and aunts and stuff that, um, that are still part of the business. 
Still a family business. Yes, still a family business. And you have roughly, just roughly how many employees? Uh, we have, uh, just depending on the time of the year during harvest, we could get up to about 75 employees. And uh, throughout the year, we're around that, you know, 25 to 30. Uh, we use a lot of farm labor contractors as well. Sure. Just to, to bring in the, 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 the workers when we need them. Definitely less than the 100 employee mark that yes. gets you out of the small business category. Yes, yeah. One of the things about economies of scale is there's, and this has come up more than once, is the harvest that you have here on these orchards and with row crops, you don't sell it at the farmer's market. No, no, we don't. <laughs> we, um, we use, in the almond business, there's uh, what we call handlers. They're the processors that, um, that takes the almonds from the field. We take them to a holer that takes them from the shell to the brown nut that you eat. And then from there, it goes to a handler who will then separate it and size it and by quality, then put it into a box. And then further from there, they'll even take it to other manufacturers that will turn it into butter or flour or you know a one pound bag or a six ounce bag. So uh, different many things that goes down the supply chain. And for us to, you know, we're not set up with the sales and marketing team here. We are focused on growing and producing uh, the crop. A good quality crop. Yes, absolutely. One of the other things about this too is that with economies of scale, you become much more efficient. Yes. And go through a little bit because the Sill family started off growing cotton. First of all, why the change? Well, uh, when my dad uh, graduated from Cal Poly um, and came back to the farm, we were growing 160 acres of almonds and roughly 2,000 acres of cotton. And he looked at the numbers and said, wow, that 160 acres produced more revenue than the 2,000 acres of cotton. And so, um, you know, we slowly transitioned more into the almonds and then ended up getting vertically integrated with um, partnerships that we have with the holer and the handler. So that's allowed us to continue to grow in the almonds because we were vertically integrated. And that is the key right there. You realize that the economy changed, the market changed, yeah. and you evolved with it. With that, you've also invested in technology, and I'm gonna be teasing that because we're gonna talk more about that in the next segment, because investing in technology and evolving technology is very important. But before we do that, if visioneers want to get in touch with you and learn more about you and Sill Properties and, by the way, Morningstar, <laughs> which we'll be talking about later, how do they do that? Yeah, you can, uh, you can, you can go to our website, sillproperties.com, and um, you can contact us at 661-900-8469. Uh, you can get a hold of me directly. You're on social media? Yes, we are. We have a presence of social media, Facebook and Instagram, uh, Sill Properties. And you, you can find us on there and we're constantly uh, posting and letting you know what's going on in the ag world and, and during harvest and when the bloom's out and the bees are going around and pollinating <laughs> these flowers and just all the different things that we do. We try and let the people know that there's a lot more to farming than just what you see at the grocery store. And if you enjoy Small Business Celebration, go ahead and like, subscribe, and notify, and leave a comment. And when we come back, technology and farming? Really? With more about that, we'll be coming right back. 
California's CalSAVERS program due date of June 30th is just around the corner. And if you don't have a retirement plan set up for your employees by then, you could be in real trouble. Fortunately, you have options. You also have a contact that will help you and your business with your best intentions in mind. Call Debbie Sharpentier of Sharpentier Wealth Strategies at 661-322-5204 or visit her at sharpentierwealth.com and discover what plans she can help you with that will keep you in compliance and provide for a better future for your employees. Call Debbie Sharpentier of Sharpentier Wealth Strategies at 661 322-5204, that's 661-322-5204, or visit her at sharpentierwealth.com today. Debbie Sharpentier is a registered representative of Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation, a broker-dealer member SIPC, and a registered investment advisor. Sharpentier Wealth Strategies is a marketing name for registered representatives of Lincoln Financial Advisors, CRN-4200694-011822. We're here with Brett Sill with Sill Properties, and our visionary question comes from Andy who asks, it seems like there's a lot of advances in technology right now. How do you determine which technologies, which are often expensive, do you invest in for your business? Well, yes, yeah, so, uh, we are bombarded with technology, it seems like every week, if not mm. uh, every day. And we have to decipher, uh, are we gonna use that technology or is it just gonna be another tool in the toolbox? And right. so. We look at things that are gonna save us time, gonna save us on labor, uh, what kind of technology that we can really save on labor. And one of the things that we did buy was automated sprayers. Really? And, and so they'll come through these orchards like this with completely autonomous, mm. and, and they'll go up and down these rows and, and they're more precise, they are more accurate, and they do a better job than if um, we were doing it ourselves with labor. Do they use satellite technology for navigation? They use uh, GPS, LIDAR, and cameras too. Really? And so we map the field and we give the dimensions of how wide the rows are and what the spacings is between the trees. And then, um, and then once you map it, uh, the computer knows and then you just have a command center and my cousin Ben runs all that and, and he just watches them go down the road. And, and then you go from an eight man crew running four machines I mean, eight-man crew running six machines to a two-man crew running four machines, and they do about 85% of what those six machines did with wow. four. How did you learn about this technology? Uh, we were at the farm show a couple years ago. And, and for those who don't know about the farm show, where is the farm show the, and what does it do? The farm show is in Tulare, and it's a big um, agricultural show where it's got a lot of the big equipment and new technology that's coming out, along with a bunch of vendors that... Um, just you know, have new innovations that they're doing in the industry, and it's up in Tulare around um, the second week in February. Uh, just passed last week, and it's just a great place to go to see what's new in the world of ag. What are some of the other pieces of technology that you were looking at a week ago at the ag show that you're thinking about investing in for for your farm? Yeah, the one we've been looking at is um, is really a, 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 a platform that will. Um, really just take all the information that we apply to the orchard, what materials we're using, how much water we're using, um, the, the pumps and the wells that we're using, how efficient they are, and it just puts it all in one platform so that we can look at our budgets, we can look at you know what we're applying, we can look back several years to see what we applied to that orchard, and then make 
better decisions like, you know, do we, do we need to add this to it or do we need to take away based off what the orchard's going to give us on that particular year. This sounds like the interest in technology is something you're passionate about. I, I am. I think um, we have to be progressive and we have to find ways to save money. I mean, because um, like this year, the almond prices are not very good. And mm -hmm. so we have to continue to watch what we're spending in the orchard and we have to watch labor. And so any of those things that we can do to save us money today is going to help us be sustainable for the future and help us continue to farm in the future. Is that one of the reasons why when you left and moved to Georgia, is that one of the reasons why you came back to the family farm is because this was no longer your dad's farm and something had to change? Uh, you know, probably in the back of my mind that's was. I don't think it was when I was leaving Georgia and coming here, mm. but I can see now looking back that yeah, some of that was. Um, you know, my dad getting older and um, probably needing some help on the ranch. At that time, he was the only really family family person running the farm. Right. And so um, I think it was probably in the back of my mind, but it wasn't to my forefront until I actually got out here. What, what did bring you back? Um, you know, just uh, family. Um, you know, I think God just kind of really gave me a vision to, to come back to Bakersfield to, to start Morningstar Fresh Food Ministry that um, because of all the growers that I knew in the produce business before and just the, the families that uh, we know that's in agriculture here, I knew it would be easy for them to, to come along and support the ministry with giving us some carrots and some onions and potatoes and, and oranges and citrus, you know, all these things that we grow right here in the valley. And I knew that these farmers would support us. And so God gave me a vision to um, come back home and start this ministry. Did your mom have something to do with this? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, probably again, not seeing it. Uh, she was always pushing to get us back. Um, you know. <laughs> you always liked to have her children back home. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And so um, I think looking back of it, when she, she got sick um, in like 16, 17 mm. and passed away in 2018. And I think that time that, I got to spend with her was just really precious. And that's reason enough yeah. to come back home. Take a step back for a minute and, and I'd like to revisit some of this technology because one of the things that you mentioned is that we have to be progressive when it comes to technology. And for a lot of business owners, there's a certain amount of trepidation, a certain amount of fear mm -hmm. about new technology. and you mentioned also about some of the characteristics that are important that you're looking for when it comes to labor savings and water savings and land use savings. But how do you go through and when you go to the farm show and you see three or four or five equal competitors that are producing a very similar product, how do you go through and discern which one's going to be the best for your operation and your family? Yeah, one thing is I want to... Um you know, do the smell test. I want to find out what other growers are using it and then try and contact them to find mm -hmm. out, you know, hey, how are you implementing this in your farm and, and what are the pros and the cons? And then just, you know, decide, decide with the people that we have and our workers and, and you know, is that something that we're actually going to use? Mm -hmm. uh, like soil moisture probes was um, something that we implemented when I got here and uh, through some of the grants through NRCS. And What's and the NRCS? It's a National Conservation Resource services okay and it's a government program and they want to help 
farmers become more sustainable. So okay. one of the things was we put soil moisture probes in our orchards and we can see how that water moves through that profile. And mm. we can see that where it's at 18 inches, where it's at 24 inches and 36 inches. And I can pull up my phone and know exactly when to apply that water. And, and if you're watering too much. And if you're watering too much or not enough. And right. so, and you, it just really teaches you a lot about the soil and what you need to do. Cause every, every ranch is different. Right. And so it's just something that gives us a lot of good information to be able to, to conserve water when we do, when we need to, especially in the spring and the fall. Mm -hmm. And then to be able to, to know when uh, we need to apply that water. It kind of gives us a, a, a timing of when we need to apply it by looking at the graphs and, and how the water's moving through the profile. One of the things you also mentioned is passing the smell test and what other farmers and ranchers are using. This sounds like this is not something that you just pick up the phone and say, you know, hey, Bob, <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, you, you have to develop this relationship. You have to develop relationships. And this is one of the things we like to talk about a lot on Small Business Celebration because relationships are so key yeah. in business. What was the process or, or how did you learn the importance of relationships when it comes to your vendors or your employees and the like? Yeah. You know, I learned that a long time ago when I first started out in the produce business. I was dealing... <clears throat> with produce managers at like Ralph's and Vaughn's and Lucky's down in LA and I was calling them on a daily basis. And then on the next side, I would be calling directors of produce for major chains like Albertsons and, you know, Winn-Dixie and Kroger and Publix and some of these, these major retail chains throughout the country. And so it's, it's learning to adapt to who you're talking to. So when I'm talking to these produce managers, I have to talk to a different way. I need to talk to them and build a relationship how different you, than I would with a director of produce. How do you do that? You know, I think it's building relationships with that person and, mm. and just asking them what's going on in their lives and figuring out, you know, what, what do they need? What's going to help them be successful? And it's very different talking to a produce manager that's concerned about his store and, and making that successful than a director of produce is worried about, you know, 50 or 150 stores and what makes him successful. And so just building relationships with them, finding out what's going on, I think just builds, um, it builds character and both you and them and as a relationship between yourselves. And that's how you can figure out, you know, hey, what do they need? What, what's gonna help them? And if we're working together to help each other, then that breeds success. When we come back, We've gotten a lot of questions about nonprofits, and this is one of the reasons why we're talking to Brett this morning about Morningstar and how it originated, but also the financials behind it that make it successful, which we'll talk about when we come right back. The reason we're talking with Brett Sill with Sill Properties is because of a visioner question that came from a visioner just like you. The visioner wanted to find out how do I go through and what technologies do I buy? And we got a second question asking about nonprofits. So if you've got a question, you've got a thought, something that you'd like to learn about, reach out to us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram, and tell us what you'd like to learn here on Small Business Celebration. So reach out to us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram today. I'm here with Brett Sill with Sill Properties, and our visioner question comes from Dakota who asks, there are a lot of opportunities for our business to give to a lot of different charities. How do you know when it's time to give or when it's time to create your own? 
Well, one, Bakersfield is an amazing community and they're so giving that um, there's so many charities that are worthy of a lot of companies' money. And I think it just comes down to, you know, what's your passion and mm. do you see them doing good and helping uh, others in our community? And very briefly, for those who don't know, there's a lot of different charities. You could have gone and joined another one, but you decided to create your own. So how did that happen? Yeah, God gave me a vision when I was back in Georgia to um, really just kind of take the talents that he's given me. And a lot of it was in the produce business. And I come later to know that it's also in the farming and the farmers that I knew and the relationships that I built with a lot of the farmers in, in Bakersfield and in Kern County that so he just gave me a vision to do something, take my talents and do something good for his people. Mm. And it's not about my legacy or what I'm going to leave in the produce business or in the farming industry, but what am I going to do for him and his people? The key to this that I really enjoy is the fact that you have built relationships with a lot of other farmers and they give their product to your ministry that you, that you serve. Well, um, yeah, the great thing is that uh, we're in Kern County and we're in the bread basket of the state as far as really the world, as far as growing you know, over 400 different crops in the state. And so, um, you know, with my background in produce industry, I kind of know the pack sizes and I know what things are being grown and what time of the year it's being grown. And then so just the relationships that I built with the farmers and the shippers, you know, here in the state that I just call them up and I ask them, hey, can you give me 20 boxes of potatoes or can you give me some carrots? And, you know, and then, you know, we have a refrigerated truck that will go around and pick it up. So it makes it easy on the grower. They're just, they're just, um, they don't have to deliver it to our warehouse or anything. We go take care of the transportation and uh, just relationships that we've built with them. And, you know, they're just generous enough to uh, give us some fresh fruits and vegetables that will make a, an amazing box that's healthy and nutritious because we put nothing but fresh fruit and vegetables. We put meats from a local butcher and we pack them up and deliver them around to needy families with the love and hope of Jesus. How many families do you serve? We're, we currently do between 450 and 500 families a month. Wow. And if visioneers want to get involved with Morningstar, how do they do that? Yeah, you can go to morningstarfresh.org. Uh, you can reach, to, reach us at info at morningstarfresh.org. You can call us at 661-900-8469 and reach out to us on social media. We post all, all the time about where we're, our next distribution and you know, how to get involved and help us. But we're not done with our conversation yet. For longtime visionaries, you think, oh, well, the interview's over. Well, no, we're still continuing on with this because you are very involved, not just with Morningstar, but also with the family business. But even then, you have to get away. You have to escape. And, and what is it that you enjoy doing? Yeah, I think balance in life is key. Mm. And so my passion outside of uh, Morningstar and outside the farm is... Uh, getting up to the mountains and getting on the snowboard. and Snowboarding? Yeah, love it. Um, lived out in Colorado for a year after college uh, and just got hooked to uh, the fresh powder out there. And so, yeah, any chance I can get uh, to get on the board and go down the mountain with the family is uh, uh, always take that chance. What have you learned snowboarding that you've applied to the family business? I think it's patience. Um, mm. You have to have patience to be on the mountain, know the, where you're going and the direction you're going and have a plan 
you want to know a plan of how you're going to get down that mountain or how you're going to get through those trees and what's that line you're going to take and it gives you direction. And also paying attention to when people have wiped out that you avoid them. <laughs> yes. Always be looking out in front of you. Another book has really impacted your life. And, and what is that? Yeah, The Seven Keys to Leadership. And it, it really goes through the fruits of the Spirit and how you lead using the fruits of the Spirit with love, peace, joy, uh, patience, and, and long-suffering. And, and um, you know, so that has uh, really gave me a, a different perspective of how to treat people and how to change culture within a company and just um, treat people the way you want to be treated. And I think that's the key to um, being successful and making other people want to work and have passion and have purpose in what they're doing, not just moving sprinkler pipe or checking lines in irrigation, but that they have a purpose in what they're doing, that they know that they're helping making a better sustainable company. How did the culture <clears throat> at Sill Properties change after you read that book? You know, it just gave me a perspective on how to treat people mm. and treat them with respect and, and just to, to let them know, talk to them and, and, you know, try and be that servant leader to them but then also let them know that they can come to me anytime with uh, what's going on in their life or if they have an issue with another worker or you know, something that they see that would improve the operation of the, of the farm. What makes you wake up every morning and open the business? Yeah, I think just having a, a passion and a drive to um, you know, not just be successful, but to, to, to leave this world better than uh, we came to it. And so, being sustainable in the farming side of it, um, knowing that we're trying to do the best that we can, continue to grow a crop off grounds that we've been farming since you know 1898, and leaving that ground better today than it was when we first started farming it. If visioneers want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? Yeah, you can uh, you can, you can go to our website sillproperties.com and um, you can contact us at. Uh, 661-900-8469. You can get a hold of me directly. You're on social media? Yes, we are. We have a presence of social media, Facebook and Instagram, uh, Sill Properties. And you, you can find us on there. And we're constantly uh, posting and letting you know what's going on in the ag world and, and during harvest and when the bloom's out and the bees are going around and pollinating <laughs> these flowers and just all the different things that we do. We try and let the people know that there's a lot more to farming than just what you see at the grocery store. Well, Brett, this has been a real privilege. Thank you for having us come out. It's just an absolutely beautiful day yeah. here in the orchard with all the flowers and the bees who seem to be leaving <laughs> us alone. And thank you for joining us here on Small Business Celebration. Well, thank you for having me. And I'll be right back with my final thought. California's CalSavers program due date of June 30th is just around the corner. And if you don't have a retirement plan set up for your employees by then, you could be in real trouble. Fortunately, you have options. You also have a contact that will help you and your business with your best intentions in mind. Call Debbie Sharpentier of Sharpentier Wealth Strategies at 661-322-5204 or visit her at sharpentierwealth.com and discover what plans she can help you with that will keep you in compliance and provide for a better future for your employees. Call Debbie Sharpentier 
Volunteer of Sharpening to Your Wealth Strategies at 661-322-5204. That's 661-322-5204 or visit her at sharpentierwealth.com today. Debbie Charpentier is a registered representative of Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation, a broker-dealer member SIPC, and a registered investment advisor. Charpentier Law Strategies is a marketing name for registered representatives of Lincoln Financial Advisors, CRN-4200694-011822. The Trepidation of Yes Before the pandemic started, I was with a friend of mine who is a successful business owner at an open mic night. And the room was filled with friends and supporters of his because of all the things he had done for them over the years and he had asked for nothing in return and they were only happy to be there and support him. Even though they knew full well, as did he, that he's a quasi-good guitarist and his poetry is circumspect at best. But nonetheless, they were there to support him and have a good time for an evening's worth of entertainment. But before the evening's entertainment began, he took me aside and he updated me on the current saga between he and his wife. You see, they were getting older in life and he was a very successful business owner and she wanted to have children. They hadn't had any. And he admitted to me that night that the reason he didn't want to have children is because he himself battles depression, clinical depression, every single day. Not only that, but he has a genetic heart defect as well. And between the two of those things, he did not want to curse his child with those failings. But after he told me these things, he gave me that look that said, help? What should I do? But also coming from a man who is too proud to actually say it. I thought for a moment, I picked up my index finger and I pointed at him. And then I swept the room with that finger. And I asked him, would you like to deny the future generations of this community, the thing that you could teach your child that you have done. The reason I can tell you this story is last week he and his wife gave birth to a beautiful baby girl. And before you start thinking that I had something to do to motivate him into action, I can definitively say that he and his wife had many a conversation after that night. But it did get me to thinking, how many times in my life have I said no to something because of my deep-seated thoughts of failure, my inequities, things that I didn't want to pass on to somebody else? 
I hope you enjoyed our conversation this week with Brett Sill with the Sill Properties. And I hope you learned something that you can use today to grow a strong and profitable business. And we'll see you here again next week. Thank you for listening to the Small Business Celebration Podcast. Some of today's music was brought to you by Ted Hammond, and you might find more of Ted's music at ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. That's ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. If you enjoyed this episode and gained some insight from it for your business, subscribe to the Small Business Celebration Podcast at iTunes.com forward slash Small Business Celebration and give us a five-star review. Also, if there's a business you'd like us to interview, reach out to us on LinkedIn and Facebook and let us know. Until next time, I'm your host, Michael Roberts of the Small Business Celebration Podcast, and we wish you a strong and profitable business.